Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Chill Gamers Podcast. Today, I am joined by Aaron. Hey, everyone. Defaced. Hey, yo. Greg. Hello. And Jimmy will be joining us later. Maybe. Who knows? It always makes it sound like that's the most important person, the por- the person that's going to be late. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like he has some important business meeting. Yeah. And here, bringing up the rear. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> First in line, we have Aaron, followed by the face, followed by Greg, and bringing up the rear, we have Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. God, if only I'd been born in the 20s and I could have announced horse races. <laughs> have you guys ever looked at the names for a horse like the horses that have won races mm-hmm. some ridiculous stuff yeah right. yeah I mean I, there's okay so obviously the two that I think anybody knows would be Secretariat and Seabiscuit because movies have been made after them right but then there's like Affirmed, Spectacular Bids Smarty Jones, Genuine Risk Tell me, do you want to bet on a genuine risk? <laughs> Best mate, yeah. winning colors. Are these triple crown winners or are they like derby winners? Uh, I just looked up names of horse champions. Oh, okay. Sounds like somebody like wrote out a bunch of descriptions about their midlife crisis at the time. Foolish pleasure. Yep, definitely. <laughs> nice. One sounds like a Halo map, Thunder Gulch. Nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Burgoo King. Burgoo? Burgoo. B-U-R-G-O-O. Burgoo King. That's weird. <laughs> Man, horse names are weird. Now tell me this. Why is there no horse racing sim 2020? That's a great question. Well, because 2K has the license and they're probably sitting on it. There probably is, and it's probably Hmm. a Flash game. Seems to be a game called Final Stretch Horse Racing Sim for PC. Sim Horse Racing. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's uh, compatible with (laughs) Windows XP, Windows 98, and Windows 2000, and Windows. Simhorseracing.com. And the microtransactions are you throwing your money down the drain. Yep. Just like real horses. This price starts at $45. Oh my god. That's such a niche thing, too. Not like you're using any skill to make your horse better or anything, right? It's literally just watching horses race. No, I I assumed you were the jockey. (laughs) Desktop edition. What other additions do they have? <laughs> Mobile, of course. Oh, okay. Uh, no, that sounds right. Well, getting off topic of horses oh, yeah. and oh, onto mobile yeah. games. Um, speaking of a, a mobile game that uh, oh, actually has a good mobile feature, uh, Genshin. Something about Genshin getting a map update? Uh, yeah. Uh, looks like it's going. They're going to expand it in December. Looks like. Are they actually going to uncover the rest of the map? Um, I don't know. Which will it'll unveil the mysterious region of Dragon Spine alongside a new event. That's what. It, that's mm-hmm. all we know. I was going to say you two are the the Genshin guys, so you guys know more than I would. Are you? Or have you like fully explored the map already? Oh no, God no! Pretty much. No? What's there? Oh. Yeah. Okay. I haven't. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I've I've been splitting my time the last couple of day couple of days between um, like like uh, Wasteland Three and and uh, Genshin. So yeah, yeah. I I kind of just did a quick little unlock all the waypoints, the major ones throughout the whole map. It, the game scaled with me, so it really wasn't that bad. No. It's actually pretty easy to do. <laughs> yeah. But they, they make it very obvious that there are parts of the map that you have not gone to, and this content hasn't been released yet. Yeah. So, you knew it had to be coming. I, I didn't expect <laughs> that early, but still, I'm I'm excited. Yeah, it's it's going to be good. 
it's already got a lot of content in it already. So just adding another content is or con like area like adding additional mm -hmm. content is just going to give you more to do. And I'm I'm right. guessing it's going to give you more, you know, chances for the whole gotcha thing. It, it <laughs> going for it, so whatever. Yeah. But it's more stuff more you can chances do you for have them to earn pay. money. That's right. So. Hey, you know what I'm not excited about? What's that? Did, uh, did you guys ever play Game Gear back in the day? My How cousin had one. 20, 30 years? I, I never had one. And I was so I mad that I didn't have one. But then I remembered that I had a Game Boy. <clears throat> oh, yeah. It's okay. Far superior. Yep. So Sega is having their 60th anniversary coming up. And to celebrate, they decided to release the Game Gear Micro. I don't know if you guys have heard about this. <laughs> uh -huh. um, so the the terrible, like, you could make one big machine that is like, say, the NES Classic or the PS1 Classic or those other successful machines. What they did was they made five systems. There's five different colors, and it's got exclusive games to each one. So you need to buy all five of them to get everything. Every one of these things is 50 frickin' dollars. So you need to spend $250 to get all 20 or 25 games that they're talking about here. It's disgusting. It's a horrible business model. It's, it's just this little tiny handheld thing. It could, it could literally go on like a keychain. It has like two buttons and a D-pad and that's it. And like barely a power see button. the screen, right? Like, yeah. It's just oh, tiny. So we're yeah. going back to Tamagotchi's. Is that what I'm Apparent? hearing? Yeah, it's literally that big. The screen is 1.1 inches. Oh what? <laughs> yeah, it's literally a Tamagotchi. Oh my goodness! With so are they all classic Sega games? <laughs> Game Gear games, not Sega games. They already had the Sega Mini, Sega Classic, or whatever the plug-and-play system <clears throat> for TVs. Does it at least have that Sonic game on one of them? Maybe that one <laughs> but Sonic even if, game. Uh, but even if you try to get the Sonic game, you have to make sure that you're buying the right Game Gear because they're <laughs> dividing the games between the systems. It is stupid. Yeah, that's dumb. Like, who is going to buy this? There's that, and then there's, like, the Atari VCS that's got... It's, like, $400 for an Atari that you can play on HDMI or 4K. It's ridiculous. I can't believe these companies are doing this. You know, for a while, I was actually kind of excited for the Atari VCS. Kind of. But then I realized what it was going to be, and I didn't want it. Basically a very fancy Ouya. Yeah, that too. Like, apparently the VCS, like, is of good quality. And, like, you're still way overpaying. But if you had to pay $100 to get it, uh, from what I hear, it'd be worth that. See, I could see that being popular if it had like and I, and I hate to go back to the, the whole streaming thing but if it had like apps for google uh google stadia geforce now uh xbox was a uh project x cloud or whatever if it had all of that on it and, and like including the atari games that it's gonna have so at least gives you access to modern games in some fashion. Right. I'd be, I'd be all right with it because it would be, one, a $400 nostalgia trip, but also give you at least some form of way to play modern content instead of yeah. Atari games from the 80s. <laughs> they did release like more. I know the catalog isn't extensive, but like 3D Pac-Man games or, mm. you know. There, there's more of a catalog there, but I get what you're saying. Where's my Pac-Man VR? <laughs> I'm sure it's there <laughs> somewhere. Well, that actually might be kind of cool. Like if you're in like a maze setting and you just see walls all around you and you have to, you just pick pills up in front of you. So are you mixing like Pac-Man with Tron at that point? Yeah, pretty Sounds much. Sounds like that would be a maze balls. That would be cool. Huh? <laughs> get yourself a light bike. I tried oh. to fake laugh at that. <laughs> and then you realized it was actually funny. It was actually funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God.
Well, speaking of companies kind of disappointing and uh, interesting decisions, um, I'm sure everyone has seen them at this point, the uh, homescapes and gardenscapes ads where it's it's the dude in like the the structure or the building and there's the lava and the water and the gold and oh, you have yeah. to pull the pins out. Um, I hate those. Yeah. So the Advertising Standards Authority or the ASA uh, has uh, determined that homescapes and gardenscapes uh, have been banned from those ads as they are misleading because those two games are actually just Bejeweled Blitz or Candy Crush. Those that pin pulling thing, that's not the game. It's yeah. just Candy Crush. So I don't know where they went off on that. I actually saw someone developed that game. Someone developed that pin pulling game and it's been wildly successful. <laughs> um yeah, so maybe people are gonna start cracking down on mobile game ads being complete BS lies. And like because they're all like that. Every mobile game that's ever advertised is like that. It's you have some cinematic and it's just the game is some crappy side scroller or whatever. Well, that one was particularly bad because it's a completely different game, you know. Oh yeah, no, that's not even the game. But I know there there were quite a few I think there was a Final Fantasy one a while back that had the same issue. Mobile mobile ads is at this point historically been super misleading because they're targeting a younger audience and as far as i i mean i don't want to get into that particular argument but like i mean in in some arguments it can be said it's been deliberately designed that way to trick people into borderline predatory yeah unfortunately why not just you know make a good game right Well, that's what gets me is that the people that they made the game based on that pinpulling thing that they've been advertising, that game's doing fairly well because it's interesting. Instead of false advertising, it's like, man, if you could have made the game that you like designed in your cinematic, people might have played that more than your knockoff Candy Crush game. Mm-hmm. Or Bejeweled Blitz, whichever one you want to go for. I always find myself very surprised at like... um a lot of YouTubers and uh, people that talk about games and even the seasoned veterans in that space, you know, they'll see like, they'll watch like a, uh, you know, a reveal trailer, like a game everybody's been waiting for. And all it is is a cinematic. And once it's over, you'll hear, hear the person say, dude, this game looks amazing. And it's like, are you kidding me? That wasn't the game. Like you're, you know, it's even the people who, harp on these companies for you know not showing gameplay and not showing stuff that's not at all um you know showing what the game is actually going to be like and they're still they still get taken in by these cinematics i just well i don't understand it i'd like to posit that you're not going to hear your average to above normal tier gaming youtuber say that you're going to hear ign say that or GameSpot say that because they're the ones hosting the online event and they have yeah. to hype up the game. Well, I don't watch those so, channels though. Like I've, is they're going to say that gameplay looks incredible when it's a cinematic Assassin's Creed Valhalla trailer. <laughs> like nobody, nobody who really pays attention is falling for the bullshit. What's that Once one? Down, um, someone, uh, Ubisoft game that did that. Uh, Watchdogs? Watchdogs, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, that was just the straight up lie about the graphic, you know, fidelity and just downgrading it. Something similar happened with Spider Man on the PS4 too, but it wasn't like to the extent of Watchdogs. It wasn't such a blatant lie. Well, I mean, every game does it. Like the the Witcher, the Witcher 3 did it. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not just the, the bad companies, you know, that put out garbage that do it. It's it's just about all of them. Right? They all have some kind of CGI cinematic that's not representative of the game. I just I just don't understand why anybody is interested 
in seeing that. I would be interested in seeing like a TV series or a movie that was produced that way about the game. You know, they, but you know, they did that with The Witcher too. <laughs> did oh no no they well, no Netflix not, did. A, not a CGI. No, not a CGI. Yeah. Well, uh, we are actually joined now by Jimmy. How's it going, man? Not too bad. So, what do you think about that? You got any ideas on the uh, whole not-as-it-seems advertising thing? The thing that I don't understand is when companies release a trailer for a game, such as, let's say, Elden Ring, and then Radio Silence for what we're going on almost 500 days. Um, where do you get any benefit out of that kind of advertising for your game? I understand the hype train. Well, I feel like you just answered your own question. Yes, but... They released a trailer for it and didn't say anything. They're very intentionally not saying anything because... Isn't it negative? Going crazy. No. I... You're still you're still panting over this thing. You're still head mm-hmm. over heels in love with this mm-hmm. game. That you have no idea what it's about. It's working. Yep. Yeah. You, you answered your own question, man. That's why <laughs> they literally they literally flashed the title for Elder Scrolls Six, and people are still talking mm-hmm. about it. Yep. That's it. Keep that mystery. Mystery generates hype. Also, um, games didn't always used to have this roadmap released by developers who didn't say you know this is what this game is about and we have this this and this oftentimes you'd say we have this game coming out in this time and then the time would show up and the game would release um it's very hard for a company to actually put out a roadmap for a game because what they're doing is basically committing themselves to locking them themselves design wise into that that roadmap that whatever feature list that they're putting out and if say I mean, look at a game like Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto was created off of a bug of, a, of an engine. And what if that that game would have had a roadmap um, and it would have meant nothing, including that bug where the police are go crazy chasing you and Grand Theft Auto never gets made because they had to stay on that roadmap and they had to fix that bug instead of turning the game around entirely to a new to a new experience based on what they found um it it's it's a it's a blessing but it's also it's it's a double edged sword because you're making your community happy by releasing information but also you're locking yourself into a lot less creativity and a lot less wiggle room i prefer Just, what they did with um fallout 4 i mean it wasn't the it wasn't really like the greatest game ever. I mean, yeah, people were super hyped for it, but like they announced it at that, um, that Bethesda like show or whatever. And then like three months later it came out like super, super short, like release window from when they announced it to when it was released. They waited till the very end to even say anything over the last six months no kidding game they announce it's two months until it's out even if it's Mm -hmm. like a first party triple a game yep um apex legends did they even i don't think they even promoted that at all apex legends was a day release you took the word right out of my mouth it was announced on the day literally hey we've got this cool new game based off titanfall enjoy yes that's what i was gonna say i think like what if a game trailer was dropped and then literally a day or two later the whole game drops? I mean, I'm all for the hype train, as you said, with like Elden Ring, Elder Scrolls Six, uh, Starbound, or whatever Starfield, whatever that game is. That um, Star the, Citizen, Star Citizen's one, but um, the, what's the uh, Bethesda one that they hyped like Starlink or something like that? Or Star? No idea. Isn't that Starbound? It's Aaron. Starfield. Starfield. That's it. Um, I'm all for like announcing that you're making a game, but in the same sense, it's just okay. Now I know that you're actually doing something, but it just the mystery and everything, the hype. I get that, 
but why not just save all that and just put it out like right as you're releasing? Like I think Apex actually did themselves. What if Apex would have flooded the market with material? I don't know a year before they decided to release the Apex game. Um, and what if that could have been misconstrued by the media and turned on them in a negative way? Uh, they might not have gotten the world record launch that they they did get. Well, a lot of that, a lot of the launch for that was them pouring money into streamers and and day one like advertising through YouTubers and all that kind of stuff. There was like a big media blitz. Yeah, it's all it's it's, but it's the shock of, okay, here's here's a game announcement, and then literally tomorrow I get to play it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, I I don't think what other game has has really done that in that way. I don't think there's many. And I think that could be a good launch model. I think by doing that too, you could avert like a lot of people's expectations. Like I suspect cyberpunk 70, 2077 is going to disappoint a lot of people, no matter how good it is just because of you know, people have been waiting for it for so long and heard all this hype over it comes out in I about just, a month. We'll find out. Well, assuming yeah. comes out I mean, in about a month. We'll find out when you hype yourself up too high. Nothing can live up to that high standard right. that you were putting. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to Fallout 76. I hope, though, that there's not an issue with that Black Myth Wukong game, because that really looks cool. Dude, that looks sick. That's not even... That's a tech demo. All that I is know. a tech demo where they're asking for more help to make something in that vein. That is so amazing that that's what it is. They're saying, yeah. we need help. We have an amazing idea right here. We have amazing designers, but we do not have the capital nor the manpower to make this this vision an actual reality. And so, to put that out is awesome. So I think they actually brought in press to look at that, and that demo or whatever that we saw was actually the game. Mm-hmm. Like and they, I wish more games were like that. Yeah, it, it wasn't like a tech demo. It was like the actual game. I, I really wish more games were open and honest about what the gameplay is that you're going to be getting. Like, okay, Elden Ring. Is this is this more Dark Souls? Is this more is this more of an open world? I want to see gameplay before I put my money out. I don't want to be spending sixty, seventy dollars now on a game and have no idea what the gameplay looks like. I'm you going can't off even of a trailer. You order Elden Ring yet. You're not putting your money anywhere. I, well, all they I, I, all they've said is this is what it's called. I, it okay. is George R. R. Martin and uh who makes Dark Souls? Uh from, from Soft. software from soft it's from soft and george r. r martin that's the only information they've released that's it they're not asking I, for money they're not saying this they're not even releasing pre-orders yet that was and a bad don't example have to pre-order there are a lot of games though you where you don't have to pre-order you probably shouldn't there are a lot of games where you do get very little gameplay before the game actually launches and you you do walk in blind do you think that's a healthy a healthy practice I am perfectly fine walking into a game blind if I'm interested. I never okay. walk into a game blind, so it yeah. doesn't affect me. I mean, does anybody else? I go and I read non-spoiler reviews of a game before, especially if it's over $30, $40. I always read, like, I read the critic, and then I read the fan review. I, I don't want to just be buying a game that IGN says is amazing, and then it turns around and it sucks. I mean... I'd rather just watch the oh. gameplay video and yeah, watch, for myself watch 10 minutes of fun. Twitch. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a bad way to go. I think what you were saying, though, about if you can get hyped on the day of drop, I think that worked out for Apex, though, because it's free. Oh, and yeah. Since it is a free game, you don't need all that demo. You don't need the research. So dr- doing that day one drop is more viable for them. Yeah, yeah. it is hard to. That makes sense day one drop a $70 game and expect people to just jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. But when you're expecting Breath of the Wild 2 or Bayonetta 3 or Metroid Prime 4 or, you know, like a Last of Us 2, you know, when you're expecting that, people need to know that those games are on the horizon. That's not a game you can wait that long to announce. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we're not going to go there. Uh, something I'm interested in, and actually a few of us in the server have been interested in, um, I know, Greg, you and, and Perlick have been tearing through uh, 
a different model, Game Pass, where you are essentially renting your game for five bucks a month. Uh, how are you liking Forza 7? Uh, I'm actually not renting my game. I purchased Forza and I have been wondering, it's like the only Xbox exclusive, unless I'm wrong, but it, as far as I know, it's the only Xbox exclusive that had not been on Game Pass. And I just could never understand it. I bought it uh, over a year ago. And yeah, that's right. I've, I've, just been, I've been waiting for... I was so excited to hear it was on Game Pass because I've just been waiting to have people to play with. Because I love racing games. So I'm I'm super excited that it's, on, that it's on Game Pass. So it's been on PC, just not Game Pass. Right, yeah. yeah. Okay. Because I know we played Horizon and you were, you were trying to get me into Horizon 7. Or no, sorry, not Horizon 7. Motor, Motorsport, Motorsport 7. 7. Motorsport 7. Yeah, I like Horizon 4. It's it's the only Horizon I played. Um, I played. I started playing Forza Motorsport uh, at Forza Five, I think. See, my and, racing um, game was always Gran Turismo. Um, yeah, I played a lot of Gran Turismo Sport as well. That's a great game as well. Yeah, until I got to Horizon um, Forza, I played one and two, uh, and then I got a PS4 because I believe three and four came out on the Xbox One, so I didn't get to play three. But now I can play four on Game Pass. So I, I love Horizon. Horizon's my favorite racing series. It's cool. I like Horizon. I like it a lot. Uh, but like like Purelik has said before, he he made the point that, you know, it's a game that he plays if he just wants to relax and just drive through the countryside, you know, without a lot of tension. And, you know, it's more relaxing for him. I like uh, motorsport because of the competitive aspect of it. Like I, I love racing. I love trying to go as fast as I can. And I like competing with my friends, you know, and uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm also excited to, to see what motorsport eight will be all about. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I, it, it even reflects on how I play um, in motorsport seven. I turn off all assists. I go full manual shifting. I go first person cockpit view. Uh, because yes, it's 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 racing. I mean, that it's just it's your track racing. But for Horizon, it's third person. It's automatic shifting and it's you know stability assisting and all that. Because I like to just relax and blitz around and drift through corners and just kind of have fun. Yeah, for me with with driving, like I I enjoy driving in real life you know, and I've, um, I've made sure that, you know, whatever car I have is going to be a manual stick shift. Cause I, I just, I enjoy driving. I like being in, in control, you know, and it's just that I just, it's something that I love. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like, it's similar to when people say, Oh, you know, Oh, I like this song. It's something that you would just like put, uh, in the background and listen to real, real low. I'm like, no music that I love is like that for me. For me, if I love a certain piece of music, I want to play it as loud as I possibly can, because I think that's how, that's the way it was intended to be played, no matter what it, what it is, you know, even like if like classical music, you know, when you go to a concert hall uh, and you go to a symphony, it, they're not playing it real quiet. You know, it's like, it's an experience. And that's, that's the way driving is for me. And I just, I want to be in full control. I want to, you know, get the most out of it. It's not something that I do passively, you know. But I, I mean, that it is, it is cool. Uh, Horizon is cool. I still play in first person cockpit view. I still play in manual and all that. But um, it just, it doesn't have that same competitive nature to it. It's that other, uh, what's that other track racing? Um Assetto Corsica. Yeah, Assetto Corsa. Yeah. That one's pretty good, too. Yeah, I've played that one a little bit. I only got that one recently, like last month or a couple months ago. Isn't that uh, they, VR enabled? I'm not sure. I know Project Cars 2 is, and I think like the sim, Sims, like iRacing, I think those are also VR. And I have done Project Cars 2 in VR, and it's amazing it it didn't run as smoothly as i would have liked like there were uh 
there were bugs and hiccups, but once it's working, it's, it's really cool. And that that's, again, I didn't have, I never had anybody else to play with nobody else that had that game and would play it. And nobody else that, you know, also had a VR headset, but I think that would be amazing to do competitive races in VR. Yeah, it looks like I a just, course that you can do through your Oculus. Or well, that's, that's you know. something I hope they implement in Forza Motorsport 8 as well. And with that like ray cool. tracing and all that all that kind of stuff. So I'm looking forward to it. I just picture Greg sitting there like, like I've got nobody who wants to race with me. <laughs> <laughs> just like pouting and making a, a face and everything. In yeah. VR, are you using a steering wheel or are you using those like hand controllers? No, I um I used to have a wheel. I don't have it anymore, but I just use a controller now. It's an Xbox controller. Yep, the way to go, man. Yeah, that is driving games on a driving games on a keyboard are so so <laughs> difficult. Yeah. Hey, if I could, sorry, I'd uh, I'd actually like to discuss another very exciting prospect of a game that just came out today. I don't know if you've heard of this. It's called Jackbox. Party Pack 7. Oh, Never heard of it. What is that? I am so excited. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, so it's got... Uh, this one's got Quiplash 3, which anyone who's ever played Jackbox probably knows about Quiplash. Third game's out. That's like a, a pretty easy go-to favorite. Personally, I'm looking for the game. It's called Talking Points. And the whole point of the game is basically you get... It's like a corporate like PowerPoint presentation and it, it'll it give you just a random slide with like a random picture and a random like message or slogan. And you basically have to just give an impromptu speech about it and try to pick, you know, try to make the best speech. You have to, it, it might not sound as, as awesome as it does when I say it, but it's definitely worth looking at the trailer. I'd imagine you'd be, make like silly presentations and, just like funny different like fake products and stuff right yeah yeah well that's similar to the 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 idea pitching game isn't it the invention one yeah i don't remember what that one's called do you know off the top of your head aaron sorry what was that the the one where you pitch ideas you have to draw out your invention and, and pitch. oh that's idea. called that's patently stupid patently stupid yeah, that sounds like it'd be similar, one. sort of like a. Well, Mad hey, Libs. listen, Ian said he thought it would be fun. Okay, there's no need to, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> that is patently stupid, sir. Yeah, Greg, I don't think that one stuck as well. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll do better. <laughs> you can have more conviction. <laughs> Timing was a little off. I know that. Um, Mario Kart Live also comes out tomorrow, so next week I'm sure we'll know all about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. That'd be interesting. I would say I'm excited, but I'd be lying. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand that game. There's a game that I'm actually looking forward to picking up and playing. Um, I think I'm going to be picking up in the next couple of days. Uh, Jarek had mentioned about playing a second extension. And uh, I know you guys were looking at another one that's kind of like a maybe a predecessor or like a Orion where they they got that from. Yeah, I have have no idea about that one, but this game looks pretty cool. We're all pretty big into horde modes and and instead of slaying some zombies, uh, I think there's some dinos that need to get wrecked. Oh, man. Orion was... uh... At the time when it came out, it was like the worst rated game on Steam. And the guy had like taken it off Steam for a while to just to update it. And then he re-released it with a big patch and then used that whole like worst rating on Steam for his marketing saying they improved it and blah, blah, blah. And actually turned it into a good game. It was, it's not bad. It's like, I would think Second Extinction is like a much better version of it. <laughs> so. I mean... When you look at the price tags, twenty five dollars compared to sixty nine cents. Yeah, <laughs> I it's mean, always on sale. <laughs> if I'm gonna lo- if I'm gonna spend sixty nine cents and it's gonna bring me even a night of joy, I feel like I got my money's worth. Right, and it used to be able to buy four packs for like a dollar, so like you could <laughs> get like four packs for like all your buddies and just go nuts. It it's fun. It's just 
dinosaur nonsense, though. This is a little ways off topic, but did you guys see? Uh, it's a little off topic. Did you guys see uh, Elon Musk is reducing the price of the Model S to four twenty sixty nine, or sixty nine four twenty? Oh god, he would do something like that. Um, his, we did mention that edition. We did yeah. mention the other week about his Starlink uh, internet service, and apparently, uh, he gave access to an Indian tribe. And the reviews that they're saying are like <laughs> amazing. Like it blew these guys yeah. away. I'm legitimately excited for that because that would um, allow us to eventually do what do what my wife and I both want: uh, move out into the country and still have good internet. So, yeah, nice. friend, moving out to the country, you lose a lot of that connection. Yeah. I'll tell you what, right now, and being being an being an IT professional, internet is kind of important. Well, I was actually out games. in the country today. Oh, yeah? I was out, out. I was out in the country today, and even my cell service wasn't wasn't working great. Anytime I'm out there in uh, Alabama, I literally live like, right next door to a power plant, and there's a 5G tower right next to my apartment. And if once we get out of range of that, nothing. That explains everything. Yeah, usually when I'm driving, my wife and I know an exact point in the road. We're like, all right, losing service for the next 10 <laughs> miles. Exactly. Wonderful. Yeah, living out in the country sucks because our it's 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 either. Uh, oh, what were they called? I can't remember what they were called, but they were bought out by the state. They became Spectrum. Oh, it's time, it's time Warner. Time Warner Cable, yep. Time Warner yeah. Cable became Spectrum. And mm-hmm. it's Spectrum or the local company that has one office in the state. Uh, and neither one have good connections. We don't have fiber optic. We don't have anything. It's just straight, you know, DSL. You know, there's if you have a good um, type of DSL connection... Like it's actually a lot better in some cases than cable internet because at least with cable or at least with DSL, you're getting the full bandwidth of your of your line, and with cable you're you're sharing it with the entire neighborhood. So with DSL, you're more likely to get your max speeds going out of your home uh, and back into your home than you are with cable. But I I would think that has been improved to some extent. But it's just an interesting thing because I, I used to have AT&T, AT&T DSL in my old house and now I have cable and it's just night and day. Like I was getting more consistent speeds on DSL in my old house than I do getting 300 meg, 300 to 500 meg down on a cable connection in my new home. So did any of you guys have to suffer suffer with dial up Internet? Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Like, get off the internet because I'm going to make a phone call kind of thing. I yep. still remember yep. booting up so I could play. Uh, actually, I was talking about this with Perlick earlier. Uh, so I could play old school RuneScape <laughs> on my desktop. And I remember my friend and I, we'd sit around until like three in the morning playing RuneScape, doing, you know, selling, selling strength pots on the wilderness line. And, Doing the doing the doing the wildest games where you'd hop across back and forth and try and get people killed. And... So my father actually dialed into one of those uh, sports betting places where they'll give you all the tips and tricks of who to bet on. He did it through AOL, and he didn't realize that like it was a dial-in by minute. And my dad doesn't really know anything about computers. He didn't know how to turn it off, so he just like let it sit there oh. until I got home. Oh no. And our cell phone bill for that month was like eight hundred fifty bucks. And not our cell phone bill, our our phone bill for the month. He couldn't understand why our phone bill was so high because he didn't understand that the internet was using the phone <laughs> line, and yeah. he's yelling at the people on the phone. That was that was interesting to sit there and listen to. Oh, he got it reduced down time. to like three hundred, <laughs> but <laughs> it's like, <sighs> wow. 
We used to have um, like your cell my, phone plan. Yeah, my mom used to have, or she worked at a college, and as like an admin assistant or something, and she got a discount on like dial-up internet. So we would get dial-up internet through the college in our town. It was super cheap, but it was also super garbage. So, <laughs> anybody remember using AIM for everything? Yes. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, AIM and uh, actually Yahoo Messenger, I think. MSN Messenger. <laughs> so one thing that I, that I really kind of want to talk about, um, Aaron, I think you you posted this topic. The I'm kind of switching gears here a little bit back to some back to games. Is GameStop and Microsoft? Yep. Apparently, have they have some kind of deal going? Can, what, yeah. What's what's going on with that? Because that sounds so, very interesting to me. Yeah, I don't know like what's going on behind the scenes with this, but um, so apparently, if you buy an Xbox Series S or X at a GameStop, um, it could be a used console or a new one. Um, GameStop will actually get a cut of digital sales made on that device. I don't know why. I know that um, there's like some kind of partnership where like they're going to start using Microsoft technology inside the stores and GameStop is going to use their cloud infrastructure to make it happen. So you'll see employees walking around with like surfaces and that sort of thing. And I guess the trade-off is say you buy a digital game on your Xbox that you got from GameStop. GameStop's going to get a cut of the digital profits. And apparently it's also a, a point that um, if you buy a physical game at another store that's not GameStop and you buy, like, say, digital DLC for it, mm -hmm. GameStop will still get a cut because it's on a device you bought from GameStop. Apparently they can track that. What? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's strange. I don't know what's going on there, but they must be uh, tagging the serial numbers, probably tying them to your accounts. The elephant in the room says, didn't GameStop all but die a few years ago? No. They were about to go into bankruptcy. They sold off a lot of their stores, but they didn't they didn't go bankrupt. They were very they were very close, though. I know the bank the big GameStop. There's, there's three of them around me. One's now a Chinese foods place. Another one's a pizza place. The other one's just straight up closed. Yeah, no, they, oh. they were really close to closing, like, bankruptcy completely. But I would imagine this deal will help them out quite a bit, considering you can't really resell, you, so, like, software. So what does Microsoft get out of it? That was going to be my question. Sorry. You read my mind earlier. Yeah, we're on the same uh, same wavelength tonight. I imagine they just get more visibility. I would I would think. I don't know because it seems kind of one sided. Like, I mean, I understand what GameStop's getting out of it. I don't understand why Microsoft would make the move though. Maybe they're going to give out like deals or something specifically for GameStop. I don't know. That's a it's a weird story. Fake news. Hey now, hey now. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. Uh, doesn't um, what is his name? The guy from Nintendo doesn't he work for GameStop now? Um, Reggie Reggie Bowser. No, no. <laughs> Reggie, what is his name? Reggie Fiamme. Is that his name? Was that his name? Oh, it was a. Uh, he worked for, or he was the president for Nintendo of America, and then he retired, and now he's like the CEO for GameStop or something. I, I didn't, have done I didn't something know that. Right. Yeah, I remember reading that before. He had to have done something right to save them, because when they lost uh, being able to sell all the, the used games and everything because of stuff like Steam and, you know, other things like that, like, they really hurt him. It really did. Oh, wow. He's on the board of directors for GameStop and Spin Master. Spin Master? Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's I mean, that makes, that makes sense, you know? That's the kind of stuff he's uh, he's dealt with for, for decades now. 
with Nintendo. So. Yeah, I'm, no, trying to, I'm trying to remember. It's on the tip of my tongue. What is Spin Master known for? I think they just make cheap versions of uh, toys. Other toys, yeah. It's like yo-yos and air hogs. Air hogs, okay. Are those air hogs? Oh my! Yeah. I've never owned one, but I I had a neighbor that had one. I got kind of stuck on his roof. <laughs> <laughs> I told him I'd buy him a new one. I just remember those commercials, air hogs. Oh man! I found a VCR tape of the original He-Man movie, and the commercials in that. Um, I was looking through it the other day. Um, are insane. The the uh the RC cars they used to sell on the TV all the time. The t- Toyo mm-hmm. or something like that. Uh, pow pow power wheels pow pow power wheels power wheels. They're power for real. Uh, so essentially, if a customer has purchased their Series X or S from any GameStop branch. The retailer will get a share of each digital purchase the user makes, whether it's full game downloads or downloadable content. Yeah, they've got a they've got to flag those serial numbers. That has to be it. And each serial number is is tied to the to a GameStop location. That well, is bizarre. One more reason not to buy from GameStop, I guess. Well, it doesn't affect the I, consumer, does it? No. No, I just wouldn't buy it just to spite them because that's just. <laughs> You know how many times they try to sell me magazines and that stupid cash card? Game Informer. Fuck you. Game Informer was great. <laughs> I did like Game Informer. No, 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 no. no. I'm not, Game, nothing against I had the magazine. Game Informer for years. I have. Yeah. When, when I finally moved out of my, my parents' house, I had boxes and boxes of Game Informer magazines from. I remember getting one from back of like God of War 1 and. Mm. Just, just I was just God of War at that point. But Aaron, was there anything in that <laughs> article that did mention what Microsoft gets out of out of the whole deal? Well, they get to um, GameStop's going to be using their infrastructure, so I'm sure they're making money off of that, and they're putting devices in all of their stores. I didn't think of that because the deal kind of seems a little one sided. Yeah, but I guess they benefit enough from having their technology oh, I throughout see. all these stores. Okay. Like employees are going to carry a surface with them and escort you around the store. Basically, is, is you know, oh, you're oh, okay. At. You're talking about the surface devices. I thought you're talking yeah. about the Xbox. Well, I'm like, what GameStop is no, no, not no, no, going to no. carry an Xbox? Oh no, no, they're going to okay. use Microsoft tech though to update how their stores work hmm. and their cloud infrastructure to communicate from store to store. So, so mm. I'm betting. So the benefit Microsoft gets is the cloud, the cloud-based business applications. Right. So they're getting business through Azure, through GameStop. So basically, GameStop is paying for Azure. Microsoft is right. paying for GameStop. And I know GameStop is trying to make a more digital push, obviously. You know, the mm-hmm. retail stores are closing and everything. So they're trying to expand their mm-hmm. online business, and they're doing it through Microsoft. So it is a two-way street. So could GameStop eventually become like a new version of Steam, essentially? I don't know about that. They've I tried it before. It. They owned uh they own this thing called uh direct direct to drive a long time ago. Um they purchased it from another company and direct to drive kind of changed hands multiple times. I think at one point it ended up in IGN's hands and then it went to GameStop and then GameStop basically just shut it down because it wasn't they've tried, I guess is my point. The only reason I know that is because I, I bought a couple of games off Direct to Drive. I think Bioshock 1 and Titan Quest or something, I think. That was only because they were on sale. And they were direct downloads from Direct to Drive. And this was like before Steam was like huge. I know it, it sounds like a lot of doom and gloom for GameStop too, but they still have over 5,000 stores. So Yeah, um, everybody, everybody craps on them, but like... Nobody ever talks about like one of the few things that they're good for, and that's physical copies of games. And and right. it, it's kind of like a right, and and not even that. It's just in a way they are preserving a lot of those games of the past and allowing people to pick those pick those up today. 
especially right. for like the PS3. Like there are so many games on PS3 that you can't get on newer consoles in a physical media. And I right. think there was, there's something to say about physical media versus digital media. And I'm all for digital media and cloud-based gaming and stuff like that. But there's something in my mind, and it sounds super cheesy, but in my mind, there's something special about taking a physical game and popping that disc in your console. I just think that's, that's, that's important to me. Yeah. I don't know. In the retro <laughs> sense, I get it. Yeah. See, I, I got my start in playing SOCOM. Um, not at a GameStop, but it was called Games Unlimited. It was more like a family mom and pop competitor to GameStop, but that's where they had the Guitar Hero tournaments, the Madden tournaments, the SOCOM clan meetup. Uh, there was a little room in the back. Think of it as like your your local card games, your local card shop, card game store, and. That's what GameStop is when I think about it. To me, like a place where you could go that you could just get together and play games. Yeah. Hey, I do have a couple more things actually to add. Um, so, you know, they still have 5,000 stores open. And so they're going to be using things like Teams and uh, Microsoft 365. So they're going to, you know, not only will they have the hardware, but they'll have the software suites to go with it. <laughs> So that's more money that Microsoft could be benefiting from. And apparently they're going to have GameStop exclusive like financing plans for the Series X to get customers in. So you pay nothing up front. Um, the current plan looks like they have a 24 month. You get you pay for the Xbox over 24 months and you get Game Pass Ultimate for the same time. Man. So apparently it's called Xbox All Access, which is going to be exclusive to them. So that's another benefit i wonder what the interest rate on something like that is i think, I think oh, they said I there's there's no there's no interest rate on it i think it's just a flat fee yeah but it will flat. get customers in there yeah flat 24 month uh contract 24 months same as cash <laughs> yeah right sure <laughs> so yep it actually sounds a lot more reasonable than you would think yeah I don't think there's a lot of financial people, financially savvy people that will be opposed to that kind of business model. But you know, some people it works, I suppose. Well, returning to uh, something we've, we've talked about in the past, I just kind of want to <clears throat> give an update on uh, my new favorite I don't want to call it a crash and burn yet, but crash and burn. Marvel's Avengers over the past week has dropped below a thousand concurrent players. Uh. In the past 48 hours, based on Steam charts, I'm seeing numbers in the low 900s to 800s to 740, 720, 688. 688 lowest I see. So for a brand new... Triple A title from Square Enix. They have a concurrent 688 players Wednesday, October 14th. Did that big new patch that's supposed to be coming out to fix a lot of the issues hit yet? Uh, potentially, I don't know, but it doesn't seem like it's a patch issue. It seems like it's a gameplay issue. Um, according to an article on Forbes, uh, it's uh, going the way of Anthem. 1,342 players right now. Yeah, currently, yes. Yeah, they're they're jumping between 1,000, 2,000, and I'd say probably 600 to 2,000 people. But it's going the way of Anthem of... Uh, they're trying to fix the, the, the bugs in the game, but the bugs in the game aren't even necessarily it. Uh, where it's, um, you know, it's just, it's just loot and return and rinse and repeat. Uh, but... Dropping below a thousand players is going to kill the player base as is because who's going to jump into a game if it takes you an hour to find a player to match with? And then if they don't play anymore, you're going to have less players to match with. Rinse yep. and repeat, you're going to, your, your matchmaking is going to dwindle to nothing. And they it's going to go do the way of, you know, just. How did the developers well, miss this? Like... It amazes me. I mean, you, uh, a company like Marvel and they can't get 
developers who who can make a game that is going to be good. It's you, it's Square Enix, man. I mean, they've got the they they okay. They should should have the technology and the minds behind it, which just tells me that this game has got to be absolute shit. Well, you know, the people who made it are uh, the guys who made Deus Ex, right? Yeah, I forgot who the developer was. Oh, it's like, it reminds me of the Crystal Dynamics. Yep. Okay, it reminds me of the Lord of the Rings. Um, not the uh, what was it? Uh, Shadow of Mor- Mordor. I yeah. think that one was was pretty good. I've played a little I bit of it, and I haven't haven't played the second one. But the second one got a lot of flack. But I just don't like, understand. Like the game is the gameplay from what I from what I've seen is just literally smash the X button or um, literally smash one button. Um, also, it's just repetitive. Just go here, uh, fight all these bad guys, wait till they're done coming at you, and then just rinse and repeat. Different background, same thing. How do you not realize that is a gameplay flaw when you're making the game? Do you think they were aiming it towards a younger audience? Like with the Marvel's game, I mean, maybe they were trying to appeal to a younger audience and, and just made it simple. Yeah, we've talked about it a lot. The only thing I would say, to be fair, is that this was PC only and console has a much more lively market. If they do crossplay, they could fix it all. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I just hope they don't wait too long and kill their entire PC market. But speaking of games that people aren't playing, what are you guys playing this week? Aaron, what you got? Um, I'm currently trying to get back into Final Fantasy X and finish that out. Nice. The remastered version on the Switch, that is, anyway. Yep. Um, so good. Yeah. Um, probably not getting back into Smash anytime soon because their new update with the Minecraft characters had a ton of issues. Um, they actually had to cancel a European tournament because of it. Oh, and wow. apparently there is an issue where characters will fall through the ground if if there's a certain action that they... It's like a hitbox issue with the blocks that they can build. <clears throat> it'll if they hit the blocks a certain way, it'll send a character through the bottom of the stage, and it's bad enough <laughs> to cancel a tournament over it. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a big that's a big whoops. Uh, yep, that's all I've got. Canceling a tournament cannot be cheap. Uh, defaced, what you been up to, man? Well. I am currently going through Wasteland 3. It's been very, very interesting. Um, Very clear to me that Wasteland absolutely was what Fallout spawned from. So it's pretty fun. I like it. Nice. Yeah, Jimmy, what you got? Um, Two things. Uh, First and foremost... Uh, we had a hell of a night playing Zenotic the other night. Oh, um, yeah. That was really fun. And it was something completely different because I haven't played an arena shooter with that much chaos in a long time. Um, the other thing I'm actually playing is with my daughter on the PS4, I hooked it back up and everything, and we're looking to start playing the Lego Jurassic Park game. Nice. So she nice. loves dinosaurs, so... Well, let's do it. Yeah, that'll be a good time. Yeah. What about you, Greg? Forza, of course. Yep. Love, uh, I love that game. Um, also played some Shadow Warrior 2 with, with Defaced. Uh, yes. It's one of my favorite games, and I only learned a couple nights ago that it had co-op, and I feel like <laughs> a dummy. But, As yeah. you should. Super hyped for Shadow Warrior 3. Oh, yes. What are you playing again? Uh, dude, this past week I've been on my PC for maybe a cumulative five hours. A little bit of Forza. I'm looking to get back into No Man's Sky with their big Origins update. Or is it called Origins? I think it's called Origins. Yeah, Origins. Yeah, their newest update. Looks really cool. But, man, I got nothing. A little bit of Forza. It's getting to be that time. Our final wrap-up. 
All right, everybody, this has been the Chill Gamers Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. We are uploading to Stitcher and Spotify. We are making our way to Apple at some point. Give us a like, give us a review. You can find us on Discord at Chill Gamers, YouTube, The Chill Gamer Show, Stitcher, and Spotify. Also, just Chill Gamers Podcast. Look forward to seeing anybody. And that's a goodbye. Peace. Bye. Good night, everybody, and good gaming. <laughs>